in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Up and running and uh, ready to rock. It is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. We have uh, things getting going here with a uh, pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Comments from Coach Houston ahead of the game tomorrow with uh, South Florida. This is Mike Houston's opening statement during his final media availability of the week. Good practice today. Uh, Good couple of days here. Uh, kids are excited. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I think they've handled all the uh, stuff around the game and uh, you know pretty well as far as just being focused on what we got to do. Um, obviously, uh, you know, all of our thoughts are with those that are you know taking the brunt of the hurricane right now, and just hoping that everybody's safe and uh, you know the damage is minimal. Like I said the other day, but uh, you know I'm pleased with how the kids are prepared so far this week. Coach talking about the Bulls uh, front and their ability to run the football. Well, I think a very solid group. Uh, I think that they, um, they're improved from last year up front. Uh, like I said, their offensive line coach, a lot of us know him pretty well, and he does a great job with them. Uh, and I think uh, you know, that's probably the strength uh, of their offense. I mean, they got great weapons around it, but I just think it's, they're very solid up front. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to do a great job Saturday. I mean, they're averaging like five yards a, a carry this year, so they're, they're doing a good job running the football. Pirates uh, coached, of course, by uh, Mike Houston, and he's talking on the uh, Pirate Report here. Uh, quick one here, Keaton Mitchell's progress. He's uh, getting better every day, so, uh, you know, progressing along. There you go, Mike Houston updating us on the Pirate star running back. Uh, East Carolina uh, headman Mike Houston on the uh, Pirate Report today. And uh, we have... Uh, a question uh, being asked and uh, the quarterbacking situation at uh, at South Florida. Coach was asked uh, about that. Their quarterback, you know, he was all Big 12 last year at Baylor. Uh, very, very high-end player. And so I think that's a little bit of an anomaly. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, with the receivers coming back uh, that we expect back Saturday, he'll have the weapons out there. Uh, so, I mean, just when you look at them, you know, personnel-wise, they're an extremely dangerous bunch offensively. So uh, I hope we can uh, do a great job defending them in the past game Saturday, but it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, uh, that is one thing to look at. He's talking about Jerry Bohannon there. That's the other thing to, to look at at this. Uh, they were without some players who will be back, uh, and uh, they, will, they played Florida awfully, awfully tough in the Swamp. Uh, coach on stink focused uh, despite the circumstances. Well, I mean, for the kids, their week has been the same as any other game week. Um, so, you know, the, uh, we, we've got a, a, a great bunch of operations that do a phenomenal job, and they're the ones that are under all the stress right now. You know, they plan this trip, you know, six months ahead of time, and so you now you've, you've got to turn around and plan it a few days ahead. So, but uh, they've handled everything, and uh, we expect it to be very smooth. And uh, a couple more cuts here on today's uh, Pirate Report. Uh, 
comparing the quarterback at South Florida, Bohannon, to the Campbell quarterback? They do a lot more quarterback design run uh, stuff. Most of the Campbell stuff was just him, you know, scrambles, creating stuff on his own. So, uh, you know, he's a lot bigger uh, than Hodge was. But, uh, you know, we... We're going to be tested Saturday. Yep. All right. That is today's uh, Pirate Report. We uh, appreciate Coach uh, with uh, the comments uh, there. A quick look at uh, some of the uh, games that uh, were played last night. Obviously, we're dealing with uh, the uh, effects of Ian on our listening area right now. Uh, Some finals from last night. J.H. Rose with the victory 33-13 over Northside Jacksonville. It was Bertie blanking South Creek, 36-zip. Richlands, 21-7 over Swansboro. Riverside, no problem with Perquimans, 43-16. Green Central boat races, uh, Aiden Grifton. The uh, final there was 64-7. They had a a kid with the Rams commit to Navy yesterday, speaking of Navy. North Johnston, 30. Spring Creek, 12. Farmville Central, a big win, 45-12 over Washington. It was Jones Sr. extending the uh, Lejeune losing streak. 48-21, 48-21, Northern Nash routes Roanoke Rapids, 63-zip. Lakewood uh, dominates Union, 46 to nothing. Tarboro, 51-8 over Gates County. Edenton hung a uh, 70 on the board. Edenton Holmes, and they uh, beat Pasquatank, 70-26. Southeast Collegiate, 60. Rocky Mount Prep, 0. Uh, North Edgecombe, 51. Northeast Collegiate, 8. Southwest Edgecombe, 41. North Pitt, 28. Northeastern beat Hertford County 67-39. It was Southside over Pamlico County 22-8. Beargrass Charter routes Hobgood Charter 58-16. Rocky Mount uh, guts out a 16-7 victory over Nash Central. So games that were originally moved up to last night from tonight and then postponed to Monday. And I, and I don't really get all this because it's gonna rain, it is raining a lot and has, has rained a lot. And there's no way these fields are going to be decent to play on, especially at the coast. Conley might be. Havelock and Conley decided to uh, not play. And I guess this all has to do with travel maybe yesterday. But Havelock and Conley have moved their game to Monday at 7 o'clock. Uh, Dixon West Carteret moved to Monday. I mean, that'll it'll be soaked in Moorhead City. Northside, Pinetown at East Carteret, Monday at 6. It'll be soaked there and down east. White Oak, Croatan, off 24, it'll be soaked. They're playing Monday at 7. First flight in Camden County also got postponed. Manio and Currituk uh, postponed. There has not been a date, at least on my uh, screen here, listed for any of that. Okay, that is uh, the opening drive on this program. We got a lot of great things to get to uh, here with you, so stay with us. We're going to talk to Joe Giglio, Doug Martin later on, but Joey G talking uh, pack and Tigers and uh, talking some college football with him after these words on the Football Friday. Get you to the weekend and get you through the hurricane edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. I saw the tears falling from your eyes and This is John Pardee, Tequila Little Time. A request from uh, our guest here, Joe Giglio, 
who uh, is with us here. He's on his way actually out to the Lesser Greenville where he will be doing a, a show today for uh, 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh ahead of NC State and Clemson, the top 10 matchup. This is not bad, Julio. It's not bad. The I've, music? Yeah, no, it's not bad. I, I, I like this a little bit. I'd listen to this. Okay, good. I'd jam this out uh, on Spotify or something down at Surf City. I'd, I'd do that. He did a show in Raleigh recently at the end of August. There. It was awesome. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. I mean, I'd have gone. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> I t- hey, I with- I'll say this. At least Tim Boyum, when he sees me, says, hey, come over and have a cigar sometime in Garner. At least Tim Boyum <laughs> says that. <laughs> well, I went with Rand. I went with the Garner legend down at the brand. Ah, okay. Enjoyable. I bet it was. Uh, the great Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan, WRELsportsfan.com, as he uh, is trying to reason with the hurricane season in his own right, making his trip to uh, the upstate for uh, the big battle. Uh, game of the weekend, Giglio, game of the week. I know game day's here, but that doesn't really mean uh, a ton. I mean, but game of the weekend, right? I would think so. What is the SEC alternative? Ole Miss and Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Doesn't float my boat. So many top 10 matchups, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking here. Uh, there's really nothing that uh, A&M and Ole Miss. Yeah, well, A&M, Mississippi State's at four. Yeah, there's really nothing that uh, that's that interesting. Alabama, Arkansas. That, that's that's the SEC's counter-programming to this, I guess, right? Well, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, biggest game in NC State history? It, biggest in 67, for sure. What, hap- uh, what happened at 67? I was I was not even uh, a thought at that point. It, it started 8-0, uh, and, and they went and played Penn State. Okay. And they lost. They were, uh, NC State, believe it or not, was ranked number three in the country. Wow. So it's the only time they've ever been in the national championship race. That was 67. Mm-hmm. If the Wolfpack win tomorrow, if they win tomorrow and they have truly exercised all of the state stuff demons, mm-hmm. how far do they jump in said uh, rankings in your estimation? Clemson comes in at five. I would say... Probably two or three spots up, seven, okay. six, seven. Seems about right. Right. We got Michigan and USC. I don't think are going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know the winner, if maybe if Ole Miss wins, they would jump up there. Uh, doesn't Kentucky play somebody decent this week too? Yeah, Kentucky. They've been up there. I've had them up uh, in the top ten. I've been impressed with what they've done. Kentucky's got Ole Miss tomorrow, so the winner of that may may springboard up a little. Okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, do you, but yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's all in front of NC State there. Same for Clemson. You know they beat Wake Forest last week overtime in a game they were probably lucky to win. And you know it, it's uh, the weather is going to be a challenge for both teams, I think. And then you know the this moment you know can nc state stand up and live up to the moment on this stage uh, you know, Clemson's the program that is used to playing in big games quite frankly nc state's not yeah 7 30 tomorrow night what's the weather going to be like joe what what is the latest 
my Netflix meteorology degree says it's not supposed to be raining during the game, but we'll see. I, you know, I have a theory on all these storms, and you probably have one too. It's usually the second one, right? In the state of North Carolina, when we when we talk about hurricanes, uh, my my parent company is, is guilty of this, but you know we we get you to go buy that bread, we get you all riled up and excited, and then the first storm blows through, and you're like, why did we why did we get all excited? Why did we go get that bread? And then we try to tell you the next one, oh man, and then everyone goes, wait a second, you just told me and nothing happened, and it's always the second one that gets you, so. We'll see. Mm, I got you. Uh, Wake, uh, and uh, I'll just call him DJ because I, I butchered his name on statewide network radio last week. DJ Uh-oh. for the I Uyangolele. Yeah. Is that right? Uyangolele? Uyangolele. Yeah. Uyangolele. DJ. Uh, he's he's actually played pretty well. He was, he was on a tear at least last week, right? Played really well against Wake Forest. He has been much improved this season. I'm still not that impressed yet. Um, and that's because I understand what the Clemson standard is. And that is you need to be an all-timer. Uh, and now I think after he was very poor last year, I think he is above average this year, but I still don't think he's an all-timer. And I, have no, I do not apologize for being a tough grader when it comes to Clemson quarterbacks. I wish their fan base would maybe potentially get their head out of their own asses and realize, <laughs> you know, have some really good guys. Let's not get excited because somebody had a good game against a Wake Forest defense, which quite frankly is very good. Yeah. Um, let's talk the Wolfpack here. Obviously, uh, Pirate fans saw them in uh, week one. Uh, Devin Leary, uh, the counterpart there at uh, quarterback, he's been sharp. Yeah, I, I think Devin struggled in Greenville. Um, he wasn't great against Texas Tech either. So this is, he, you know, his receivers are going to have to help him a little bit more. And he's going to have to play like he did last year against Clemson. That's going to require NC State's offensive line giving him time to make some throws. And it's going to require his receivers making some plays. Well, what gives here the Clemson secondary, which has had issues, or the uh, Wolfpack uh, receiving core, which has had some some uh, less than stellar moments. Yeah, assuming the weather cooperates, uh, I think that'll be where the game is determined. You know, Clemson secondary really struggled last week. Their front has also struggled, believe it or not, in creating pressure, which doesn't really make any sense, given they probably have two first-round picks and potentially three pros on that front. Uh, I know they've been dealing with injuries, uh, but they did lose their defensive coordinator, speaking of all-timers. You know, Brent Venables was hired after a disastrous loss to West Virginia, you know, 12 years ago now, and, or 11 years ago. And when he left for Oklahoma in the offseason, it felt like a, a new chapter in Clemson's football. And I don't think, you know, the, the evidence that we have so far suggests that, that that's true. Mm. And I think sometimes we think, you know, you just think about ECU's own experience losing Lincoln Riley and how difficult it was to make that transition. Just because ECU and Clemson don't spend the same amount of money doesn't mean they wouldn't suffer from losing a, you know, a brilliant coordinator. So 
Uh, I, I think ECU fans can certainly empathize with the situation that Clemson is without Brent Venables. Yeah. All right, give me an idea here what happens. Who you got? How's this go down? I think it'll be the opposite of the Wake Clemson game. I, I don't think it's going to be trading paint. It, it probably looks a lot like the game we saw in the in the proper Greenville uh, to open this season. And if you're NC State, you're hoping that their defense looks like it did in the first half of that game, and you're hoping that Devin Leary is sharper than he was in that game. And you're also hoping Tim Beck, NC State's offensive play caller, has a better day. Uh, I think he's struggled from this season. So it'll be uh, you know, the challenges in front of NC State. I, I think they can be equal to that challenge if they just realize this is the Clemson team they beat last year. This is not a, you know, this, this is not Secretariat Clemson. This is not right, right. Uh, the 85 Bears Clemson. This is a, a very beatable Clemson team, but it's still going to require them to play mistake-free and for, the, for them to be the ones that, you know, make their own break. Let me, let me ask you this. Um, does Florida, I want to just, if, if, if NC State loses here, is this mm-hmm. kind of a, I mean, is the season lost if the pack don't win? They'll have to figure out a way to refocus, uh, but that way is probably not much more than looking at last year and realizing they beat Clemson last year. They beat Carolina last year, and then they did not win the division. And a team that did was Wake Forest, who just so happened to lose to those two teams that were NC State's best wins last year. Yeah. Uh, now, Clemson's schedule, the way that it's set up, it's probably going to require a Miami, you know, uh, miracle of finding themselves. And they, I think Florida State's actually pretty good. They uh, went into the portal and did a really good job of, of pulling some players out. And I think Mike Norvell has finally got that program pointed in the right direction. And, and they have some talent. They have some talented pieces. Tallahassee. It'd be interesting to see if Wake Forest, you know, after really pouring it out against Clemson, yeah. can reload the musket and, and beat them this week. So I think Florida State, it's possible, but. I, I do think six and two is the number that wins the Atlantic Division. Um, so yeah, but it, it would take a mental recalibration. Yeah, if you're NC State, and a quick one because Florida State is up next. Does did did Wake go? Because Dave Clawson said they weren't going. Uh, I've been in a car all day, so I have no idea <laughs> what, uh, what Wake Forest has done. Patrick, you know more than I do. Uh, well, you know, Dave Clawson earlier in the week said we're not going. We're not going. Um, so, uh, yeah, that one tomorrow has a little bit of an important feel to me with Florida state and wake forest, just for the reasons you said, I mean, something can be achieved by whoever wins that, right? Yeah. If you're awake, it, it, what they've done under Dave Lawson, who my, in my opinion, is the best coach in the ACC, if not the country, they've been able to take uh, advantage of their opportunities they've also been able to kind of out scheme and, and maybe out clever some teams their biggest issue has been obviously when you run into a clemson when you run into what was florida state and, and it's just the, the talent is too much to overcome 
you know, that that's left them in a situation where up until this year, they weren't even competitive with Clemson. Yeah. And, you know, now I believe they're in a situation, particularly on offense, where they can score on anybody and they can have success against anybody. And that now is this mental hurdle part of, you know, you, you really did put everything into that Clemson game at home and a game they should have won yeah. didn't. Yeah. And now how do you respond to that? Oh, uh, we got Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan and WRELsportsfan.com uh, gutting it out for us here uh, on this uh, on this uh, Friday. Let me, let me ask you a little bit about, uh, I'm going to surprise you here, Georgia Tech, because okay. they cleaned house this week. Right. Uh, and they not only cleaned house with the f- football, but can the AD, right? They did. Yeah. If you're Georgia Tech right now, what's your what's your identity in your athletics department? Because I mean, I mean, even basketball. Look, I know the guy won the ACC title with that dopey face shield, but I mean, that was sort of. I mean, let's be honest, a little fluky. It seems like, right? So, you know, what's the Where's Georgia Tech right now in all of this? You talk about somebody who's just gotten lost in the in the expansion shuffle. It seems like that's that's Tech. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, when they hired Paul Johnson from Navy, I'm sure some of their hard line old time boosters were wondering what the heck they were doing. And then he won that coastal division, I think three times, and won the ACC championship once. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they would trade a left arm for those results now. And I think at Georgia Tech, I, you know, you're in Atlanta, yes, uh, but you have these different academic standards and programs. And you're you're kind of playing left-handed a little bit on that front. And then you're not an SEC school, but you're in Atlanta, which is considered SEC country. You're not Georgia. You're not sexy. So it's kind of like, how do you try to take advantage of that? And I know they didn't love the option and, and Paul Johnson kind of reinventing the wheel a little bit, but that might be the way for them, you know, to try to be unique. Cause I just don't, it's a little bit like going up against uh and uh, North Carolina and Duke in basketball. Are you really going to just out-recruit those two schools and, <laughs> and beat them at their own game? Right. I, I no. mean, no, one, no one's done it yet. Um, so you kind of have to wonder if, if the uh, build a better mousetrap route isn't the way to go. Now, who the obvious answer is for Georgia Tech, I have, I have no clue. Yeah. Uh, I have a very low opinion of Georgia Tech and their athletic department as it is. Not nothing personal. I just for those reasons I feel right, like you're right. Like the eighth fiddle in, in, in Atlanta, which is not a sports market that even really cares about sports. Um, so it's a it's a tough road to hoe. And I, I just I don't think people properly appreciated what Paul Johnson did there and for those reasons explained. So it'll be a, it'll be a uh, interesting turn to see who they hire as the AD and, and what they try to embrace as an identity going forward. Yeah, I got you. Um, I'm just scanning here if there's any other um, interesting. I mean, we talked about 
reference some of these SEC top 20 matchups. Obviously, the top 10 one involving a state in Clemson top 25 with Wake and Florida State. That's really about it. I mean, that's those are the big uh, those are the big ones of interest. Is there anything out there that's kind of sneaky? Where are you? What, let me ask you before we let you go. Where are you on the um, App State thing? Are you Team App State or, or are you off uh, uh, rightfully off that bandwagon, Joe? Like I am. No, no, no. no. I'm an App State hater. Ah, uh, that's why I, I like I've, you, Joe. I've, I've had plenty of uh, my fill of fake <laughs> App State fans in there. I love us in football and hate us in basketball. I can't. You know, I don't want to get you in trouble with some of your pirates, but oh, uh, shots fired by Julio there. If you got a school, I need you to pick a school. I don't, I don't need the. I like team. You know, I like App State for two months, and then I like Carolina the rest of the time. I, I got no time for that stuff. But, uh, you either is or you ain't. So that's me. But you, and you don't have to be an alum necessarily, right? I mean, just no, no, no. I don't. No, I. Hey, you can go to ECU and root for Carolina. That's fine. But just, just don't give me the the two the twos. You know, right? Don't don't be a don't be a, a Commanders and a Cowboys fan. Don't be an Eagles and a Giants fan. <laughs> just pick one. Right. Just pick one. Right. I think this is this is a little Northern East Coast bias from you, Joe. Is what I'm thinking. It is. It yeah. is. I'm not from the state of North Carolina, and I get it. People in the state do grow up. Carolina fans, I don't begrudge them that. Uh, but I do when it's, uh, quite frankly, Eric Church and, and Luke Combs telling you <laughs> how, much, yeah. how much they love their alma mater, and then all of a sudden you see them at the Final Four, and you're like, uh, going to need you to pick a side, man. Nobody was, canceling any, nobody was canceling any concerts for game day, were they? Uh, no, it, it is a great story. Uh, their win over a yeah, and yeah. it's just an unbelievable start to the season, even if with the loss to Carolina. Um, but, yeah, I, I struggle with the – I like multiple schools from the state of North Carolina. Yeah. Fan. All right. Uh, Joe Giglio, 99.9 The Fan, WREL sports fan. He will be in Death Valley uh, tomorrow night, so I'm sure you could follow him on social media, and he'll have a lot of interesting observations. Be safe, Joe. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Patrick. Appreciate you having me on. Right now, a 94-3 the game sports flash update. I'm Patrick Johnson with your 94-3 the game sports update. Start out with a shout-out to the first place Pirates. ECU soccer atop the league standings in the American after tying Tulsa on the road last night. 2-0-1 in league play. Carolina departing today. Their matchup in Boca Raton against South Florida. Pirates a nine-point favorite over the Bulls. Game move from Tampa because of Ian this week. We'll begin our coverage tomorrow at 11 o'clock right here on 94.3 The Game with Pirate Game Day Countdown, followed at 11.30 by Pirate Game Day Countdown, fueled by Bush Light. Fastest two hours in radio. Terrence Copper and myself getting you ready for the matchup. The Pirates and the Bulls. Number 10, NC State on the road, taking on fifth-ranked Clemson. Number 21, Wake Forest traveling to Tallahassee to take on 22nd-ranked Florida State. 3-1, Duke hosts Durham. The Tar Heels are 3-1, and, and they host Virginia Tech in Chapel Hill. Christian McCaffrey's status is uncertain heading into the Panthers' Week 4 matchup against the Cardinals. The star running back sat out of practice for a second straight day yesterday as he deals with a quad injury. 
Offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo says that the Panthers will be ready for the game with or without McCaffrey. Panthers host Arizona Sunday afternoon. Both teams are one and two. Baker Mayfield continues to struggle. He has completed just under 52% of his passes for the season. Matt Rule says he still believes in Baker. Baker's an alpha and he's a winner and he's a competitor. And, and um, um, I think the more more reps we have, the guys kind of being around each other, I think the better and better and better they're going to be. So as you've heard me talk about the passing game, it's, it's everybody. It's not never on one guy. We'll have Panthers coverage for you on Sunday on Talk 103.7 WTIB at 4 o'clock. That's when the game will be kicking off. NFL from last night, Joe Burrow throwing for 287 to two touchdowns as the Bengals beat the Dolphins 27-15 on Thursday night football. Uh, We've got some action in the American tonight. Houston, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home as they host Tulane at 7 o'clock. Future uh, member of the American Texas San Antonio at Middle Tennessee, and they're a four-and-a-half-point favorite there. That game at 7.30. Boise State, who can their offensive coordinator this week, six-and-a-half-point favorite at home, 8 o'clock tonight against San Diego State. 15th-ranked Washington at UCLA at 10.30. Uh, the uh, Bruins, two-and-a-half-point dog at home, and at 11 tonight, UNLV, a two-touchdown favorite, hosting New Mexico State in Las Vegas. NFL not moving their game, by the way, in Tampa. They have announced Thursday that the Bucs and Chiefs will play at Raymond James Stadium, originally scheduled uh, for that game there on Sunday night. PGA Tour filing a countersuit against Live Golf, claiming the Saudi-backed league interferes with existing contracts it has with its members. The claim was filed as part of the tour's response to Liv's claims that the PGA illegally suspended players for competing in Liv tournaments. That is your 94-3 The Game Sports Flash update. I'm merely Patrick Johnson. We'll talk ball with Coach Doug Martin on the PJ Show next. Doug Martin is uh, joining us here on our Friday Patrick Johnson show. He is tucked away from the coast, but promises to be back fishing the waters soon. ECU offensive coordinator, also the head coach, Kent State, New Mexico State. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, Patrick. Hope you're well. You saw a heck of a game last week. Oh, I'll tell you what, uh, Clemson Wake, it's probably one of the best games I've ever seen, uh, really because Neither team deserved to lose. I mean, they both just played great. There's no turnovers. Quarterbacks were making plays. The wide receivers were making great catches. And it just came down to some defense making one play, and Clemson's defense made a play at the end of the game. But, boy, I tell you what, two good teams. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the Wake program's come a ways. And, and, look, both, I think, have tremendous games this weekend. You have seen uh, NC State, obviously. Uh, on television, but also seen him. Oh, I think in, in TV every time you've seen him, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So, right, uh, but right. you've seen him more than once. Uh, I would say they struggled against Texas Tech. The offense did a little bit, and Leary struggled a little bit. You know, against the Pirates and against the Red Raiders, uh, the offense wasn't, you know, the sharpest. Uh, kind of recovered last week against UConn. So, h- how do you see this game going into? 
you know, Saturday uh, and Saturday night there. Uh, I, I think by then, weather-wise, it'll be okay. So, so kind of how do you see this deal uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, I, I think it really comes down to those two quarterbacks, Patrick. And I, I just – I don't have a good feeling about Leary with NC State. It just looks like they're trying to not lose the game mm-hmm. with the way they're calling plays and the way they're doing things. You know, they're not really handing the game over to him and letting him be aggressive and attack. And last week against Wake Forest is the first time I really have seen Clemson do that for their quarterback. I mean, they completely handed the game over to him and trusted him. And he rewarded them. I mean, yeah. he really is the best I've ever seen him play. And I, I just think that's kind of where those two teams are right now. I'd give Clemson the edge. Uh, they've got a really good defensive team. Uh, but the way their quarterback played and the way their offense kind of blossomed there and, and them trusting him, I think they're going to go a long way. We got uh, Coach Doug Martin uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. The winner of this is the winner of the Atlantic Division in the ACC, do you think? I think you'd have to go there right now. I think those are the top two. And uh, like I said, I think Clemson will hard, be hard to deal with. They're, as long as they're healthy coming out of Wake game. Now, they did get a couple of guys banged up, but I think they should be pretty good shape. Wake was able to score at will against Clemson. It, it, do you get the sense that the Tigers are missing Brent Venables that much? Well, I think there is some of that. I, I think they're really young in the secondary, and that's where they're vulnerable. Their front seven is really stout. Like Wake had a really hard time running the ball on them, but they were throwing the ball well, and eventually you know, Clemson went to playing a lot of zone, two deep safeties, and that's when Wake was able to run the ball a little bit. Um, but their, their weakness is in the secondary, and that's why I say if NC State is going to be effective in this game, they're going to have to trust the quarterback. They're going to have to hand him the game. They're going to have to call plays aggressive and let him attack down the field because they're not going to run the ball up and down the field on them. Yeah. Um, Coach, uh, Doug Martin's with us here. Let me ask you this. uh, Turn attention to ECU now. They lose to Navy in a game that uh, was just really physical and just a tough football game. And and Navy was kind of – I mean, I'll just say it. They were kind of desperate. I mean, they they had not won. They took advantage of the open week and, and made all kinds of adjustments. And we're able to, to take those guys that are really smart players and do some really complicated uh, things on defense with them. I mean, really high-level stuff they were doing on, on defense that maybe your average college team doesn't do, but, but you got the combination of really smart guys, really tough guys, and, and kind of an extra week to, to, to make those adjustments. And, and East Carolina, you know – Offensively, it was a, it was a little bit of a struggle. I moved the ball, but just didn't really score the ball uh, against uh, them effectively. So, uh, boy, you play those service academies. That's always tough, isn't it? Well, it is because you're playing really disciplined, tough kids that aren't going to quit. And you knew that Navy was going to come in with the best effort, especially with a week off. And it's like I was talking with Ben the week before. You know, when you play those service academies in the wishbone, you've got to score points. Your offense has to score, and you got to try to get a two-score lead, and then the clock becomes their own worst enemy, and ECU wasn't able to do that. And I think it's a little bit kind of what we were just talking about with NC State's quarterback, uh, Patrick. I just I just wish they'd just turn the ball over to Aylers and let him play. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I know he made a mistake there at the end, but I think it's because he's not getting enough opportunities, so he kind of presses when there are opportunities. I think with a guy like him, you just got to say, hey, you're going to make your mistakes, but you're going to make plays too. And yeah. we're going to trust you. We're going to give you the game. We're going to call it aggressive. 
and go play. And I think he would play a lot better if they do that. I think their offense would be a little bit better if they get that done. Yeah, that's a good observation. Um, you know, and I think too, Coach uh, Keith Mitchell going out. And all accounts, he'll be back. He's ready to go this week. But you, you lose that kind of home run hitting threat, and it did change ECU's offense up a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Anytime you have a guy like that go down, it, it's going to change things. But it's like you said, they're statistically they were really good in that game. Yeah. And, you know, with, with the two turnovers, but you know they ran the ball well, they threw the ball well, but they didn't score points. Mm-hmm. And what that probably means is, you know, you're you're calling the game not to lose instead of calling the game to you know, really be aggressive and get points on the board and go attack. And you know, so you got to really have a trust in your quarterback to do that. I understand that. I've been down that road before too. But there comes a time with a guy like Ehlers that where I think you really you just need to hand him the game and go. USF is the opponent. They're actually going to be in South Florida when they play South Florida this time around. Uh, that's that's always the joke. That's the joke I've been making all week. And coach, it did as well <laughs> with you as it's done with everybody else uh, this week when I've made it. But but let me let me ask you. Uh, the, and I hate to tell you this because I, I I know how you guys are. You guys can't control the weather. I mean, you college coaches, you got you control everything, but you can't control the weather. And so the weather has caused a disruption, quite obviously, in the South Florida, uh, you know, pre- preparation this week. I mean, it's just no way around right. it. They had to relocate. You know, for ECU, this is we're going to the same state, basically going the same way. It's the same trip, so we're doing it, and. Um, so nothing really changes for the Pirates per se, but for the Bulls, this is a their their preparation has been Mother Nature's reached havoc, wreak havoc on it. To me, that would be the thing that I think would be most challenging this week for for USF is yeah, the preparation has exactly. gotten off course. No question, and there's been so many distractions for those players during the week because you know that hurricane. Obviously, everybody was saying, "Well, it's going to hit." Tampa, you know, which is right in South Florida there and uh, where they were. And so, I mean, you know, their players were had a lot of things going on about, you know, is my apartment going to be okay? Am I going to get another housing? Are we evacuating? All those type of things yeah. were in uh-huh. play for them. So, yeah, there's a lot of advantages for East Carolina in, the, in terms of that. Uh, you know, and then both teams having to play, you know, on unfamiliar ground now. South Florida doesn't have the home field advantage anymore. They're going up to Boca Raton to play, all those type of things. And so, and there's a lot of advantages. And South Florida's really struggling on both sides of the ball. You know, defensively, they're having a really hard time stopping people. And then offensively, they're just not, you know, consistent enough to put points on the board. So I'd like to see East Carolina rebound this week. Obviously, the, the thinking would be along the lines of what you talked about, being really aggressive and maybe trying to push the ball downfield against them. I, I think so, and, and and even mixing it up and, and trusting that, you know, first down we can throw the ball mm-hmm. and attack. Right. You, know, it doesn't have to be a, you know, second and short, we don't have to just run it and get the first down, let's push the ball and give get opportunities, get those wide receivers the ball in space, let them run, because they got some talented guys back there that can really do some things with the ball. And I think it will put Ehlers at ease if he knows that he's an integral part of this thing and that they are going to play aggressively. So let me ask you uh, this, uh, Coach Doug Martin's with us here. Any any other games you got a chance to have checked out in the last week that uh, you were in, that it, you know were exciting to you, or any 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 particular players or teams that uh, you've watched here in the last few weeks since I've talked to you that have kind of caught your eye? 
Yeah, you know, I was interested to see how James Madison would do up there at Appalachian yeah. State. Yeah, And that kind of went the way I thought it was going to go. You know, Appalachian State, although they've been winning, they're not playing defense like they normally do. And, you know, that will catch up with you eventually. And and for James Madison to jump in there and score like they did, and I think that was really the difference in that game. And obviously, you know, Appalachian State's had to handle a lot of success and having game day come there and a lot of those distractions. And they're still young kids, you know, and they just didn't handle that part of things well. But uh, I thought that was one of the interesting games to watch. And, um, you know, watching uh, Alabama play right now, you know, and I know everybody's picking them as a favorite and all those type of things, but, you know, they've got some vulnerabilities all of a sudden that, you know, you didn't see before. You know, offensively, they're not scoring like they have in the past. You know, against Texas, they struggled scoring. And I think it's interesting to kind of watch to see how they evolve as the season goes on here. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but this kind of just, you know, sort of makes me think, you know, Coach, that it's a different world now with the talent distribution. You've got people who've left programs that maybe were, you know, part of the supporting cast on the depth chart, maybe not as high as they thought they would be. So it's a little easier to get out of that situation and and improve your situation or get out of a a situation a player might perceive to be as bad. Uh, But then you got NIL too. And then let's face it, there have been some some people who uh, maybe hit the portal and, and got a reward for hitting the portal. So those two factors again, I mean, it just hits what it, it, it makes for a different season for everybody, especially those that have been at the top, I suppose. You know, it does. And I think one of the things you're seeing is the continuity of teams. You know, you, you bring in so many new players because of transfer rules and NIL money and all that. And these guys haven't played together as much as, as you know, in the past. You know, like you may have a new wide receiver, a new quarterback. And I think those teams, it's going to be how much progress they make and how much better they get as the season goes on. They're probably not right now where they're going to be at the end of the year, you know, once they have that continuity and get to know each other. And the coaches have to get to know those new players too, what what they can do and what they can't do. So there's a lot of unfamiliarity early in the year for these players that wasn't there before, before, players and coaches. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting to see how all these teams improve particularly the ones that went heavy into the transfer portal. You know, how do they improve as the year goes on? Can you, as a coach, how do you build that camaraderie, especially in season with the train going 100 miles an hour? I mean, do you just have to kind of hope it happens, or are there ways to do it? Well, there's ways to do it. You know, there's there's functions, things you do just to get your players together, you know, whether it's, you know, a cookout for your whole team or, you know, some type of, you know, playing frisbee football or something in the summer thing you always did things in the summer to get our team together and get them to hang out together we were big on that when i was at east carolina and i've done that at every place i've been so those, those are some of the things you can do but a lot of it does have to happen naturally too you know you have to have guys that want to hang out with each other and want to get along with each other and it just takes time and it's something you can't rush but it's something that's really important too, especially in college football. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, you can kind of see these teams that have gone heavy in the transfer portal. Nebraska is one of them, you know, who's already lost their coach, right? They went heavy in the transfer portal. They just weren't in sync. It really didn't work. And that's probably one of the reasons those kids don't know each other. The coaches don't know the players as well. And you just can't turn it. I'm probably going to blow a, blow through a break here, but this, you know, it leads me to something that I wanted to, to 
you mentioned Nebraska and, you know, Georgia Tech cleaned house this week. How do you, when you look at those two jobs, do you have to be unique? Do you have to be a little different to be successful there in those places now? Yeah, I think some places like that you do. I think Nebraska has the facilities and the, and the financial, you know, benefits that, that you can really do any type of offensive things you want there. Georgia Tech's a little bit different because academically you're dealing, your recruiting pool is somewhat limited. You know, that's why the wishbone was so successful there with Coach Johnson. So I, it's kind of like you have to be in the extreme. You either need to be air raid throwing the ball and really be aggressive or you need to be a wishbone team at places like that in my opinion, to succeed. It's hard just to be, uh, you know, really a commonplace run-of-the-mill offense or defense and get it done at those type of places. And that's why you see the service academies, Navy, Army, all do something different, right? They can't get the same talent as everybody else. Wake Forest is a prime example. You brought that up. They're really unique on offense, more than maybe any other team in the country with their RPO system and really what they're doing. It's different than most other teams. And one of the reasons they do that is because they can't find the offensive linemen, you know, that Clemson or NC State or right. those type of people have. Right. And they, they play to their strengths. Hey, Coach, great to catch up with you. Uh, we'll let you get back to the G-Parent duty. And uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next week. I appreciate it, Patrick. Good talk to you. Absolutely. We will be back to wrap things up after this. Let's just get through this safely, take care of each other, and get to uh, tomorrow. It'll be a lot better weather-wise, be a better weekend. Our coverage begins tomorrow of ECU and USF at 11 o'clock. Ben Byram will have a special extended version of Pirate Game Day Countdown. That begins at 11. And then at 11.30, we'll have Pirate Game Day Countdown for Bush Light. Terrence Copper and myself will go to the ECU Sports Radio Network after uh, that at 1.30 with network coverage, 107.9 WNCT, the flagship of the Pirates and other stations across the network. Join us. We'll be bringing you that. And then coming up on uh, game time at 2.30, Jeff Charles, Marty Fuhrer, Andrew Bays makes his debut. And uh, we're also going to have David Horn anchoring. Ben will be producing. I'll be giving you scores and uh, post-game coverage uh, all up and down the network uh, tomorrow following the Pirates and the Bulls. Uh, Back Monday with uh, a uh, Monday afternoon quarterback overreaction Monday version of the Patrick Johnson Show. And you never know what guest will pop up on that. I'll be hosting possibly... Hosting Talk of the Town on uh, Monday. The Big Hen will be away. Of course, we got Panthers football for you Sunday, 4 o'clock on 1037 WTIB. Thanks to Ben Byron. Thanks to Doug Martin. Thanks to Joe Giglio. Thanks to you for listening. And uh, go Pirates and be safe out there, folks.